Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leaders. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Hi, y'all. How you doing, everyone? Nice Texas greetings. Welcome back for another great show. Yeah, my my Texas credentials. (laughs) Uh, By the way, do you know what the plural of y'all is? For any of you, you may have a friend that's a northerner, a Yankee. I thought y'all was the plural. They don't know uh, southern uh, grammar. (laughs) What is the plural of y'all? All y'all. All y'all. <laughs> and the singular is you all? I guess so. Well, <laughs> y'all. So the reason, I mean, it really is a helpful, y'all is so helpful. You, technically, is the singular and the plural. Just so, so you is grammatically correct as the plural. But it can be confusing sometimes because... When you say you, you're not necessarily sure if it's you're talking singular or plural. And so, what she said. Mm-hmm. And so you say y'all. Just I, to I make passed sure. English in, in in high school, but <laughs> no, I have no. no idea what she's talking yeah. about. Southern Southern English, I guess, a little different. All y'all. Well, how y'all? We're South glad Texas. you're with yeah. us. Yeah. And we start with that. What? Uh, well, we start with that because uh, coming tomorrow is a big day for a lot of students out there. So if you're listening tonight and you've got your kids all ready to bed because their first day of school is tomorrow, congratulations. Uh-huh. Parents, parents, congratulations. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> My niece's daughter's starting first grade. Oh, oh nice yay. Date. That would be Ash- Ashlyn Berger. Oh, Ashlyn uh-huh. Berger. Well, we pray you have a wonderful first day of school tomorrow. All you teachers out there. Um, I always think of the hymn and that Christmas song. It said, "And mom and dad can hardly wait for school to start again." Oh, really? Uh, first day at school, and they'll be <laughs> off and running. So, oh uh, yes, going with it. Not ours. I, I, my grandson had one more we week, a, right? Yes, they they stick to or try to a little bit more. The traditional used to, you know, school would end in, at Memorial Day and then would start just after Labor Day. That's how I always grew up. But it seems like it's snuck up more and more. And um, but our school or his school starts the twenty eighth, okay. so a little bit more time, um, but still a little early. I vote for Labor Day. All right. So, yeah. Well, happy first day at school to all the young church, and we know they're probably already already in bed by now, right? Yes. Yes. I, I just have a quick question because you were talking about sending him to camp. Uh, yeah. How did that go? Did you have oh, a good time? It was wonderful. Yeah, he had a great time. Uh, T-Bar M, he was out at 10. He was the last session of the summer, 
and his cabin was Circleback. He's an alpha, go alpha. They won champ camp for the week two times. Uh, his, let's see, the uh, you know at the end they give character awards to each of the students. The counselors are awesome. I just love those camp counselors. I'm so grateful for them. And uh, but he, let's see, Will got um, leadership and respectful. I think, which is isn't that great? That is. Wonderful, uh, yeah, character and if made if some it great were friends. Only true. I, I know, <laughs> so true. I, I will say, I got his trunk. You know, this was his a week long overnight. And so sorry. Thank you, all listeners, for indulging me. But this is his first time at overnight camp. He's nine years old, boy. You know, and all. And uh, I was just so curious how it was going to go. I was like, who's going to, you know, is he going to, you know, just all the things, wondering if he's going to be able to make it. Well, uh, get home and I open his trunk. I'm going to do his laundry. Not a single piece of clothing actually made it into the laundry bag. First of all, so no dirty. There's, he's just his whole trunk is basically his dirty laundry. And then I open his toiletry and I think, okay, here's the real. This is where the rubber meets the road. Let's take a look at your shampoo and your body wash, oh, like no. you know, to see how often, if ever, you actually showered. Not a single drop of soap was used <laughs> the whole week. And I asked him. I said, "Will your your soap?" And he goes, "Oh." It's is that what that is? <laughs> like, well. So, uh, well, but he did shower. He just didn't use any. So. No wonder, young boy, don't have any problems. He just stood girls. under the water. Then what? I guess so. he had some uh, face wash, which is real mild. But you know, he he did use that. He tried. But uh, anyway, we we had a <laughs> he, he, he he had to take a <laughs> shower. Well, he before. came back with one really good. He said, Dad, hey, Grandpa, Grandpa, tonight, what has four letters and sometimes nine? What had four letters and sometimes nine? And I just thought and thought and thought. I couldn't think anymore. I said, what had four letters and sometimes nine? He said, that's right. <laughs> what has four letters what has and four sometimes letters. has nine? <laughs> sometimes had nine letters. <laughs> yeah, I, felt, I, I I was watching the news and they were talking about you know no campfires and all these yes. burn bans. Oh. And the camp I went to always ended with a with a bonfire, <laughs> and I just <laughs> I felt sorry for these kids that couldn't have the bonfire. Right. Bonfire, yeah. yeah. My, well, camp is such a. So many young men and women uh, that we deal with out mm-hmm. at Lackland. At Lackland this morning, we had a, a, kind of a low day. We only had a, about 1,078 students, mm-hmm. young men, uh, 78 students, exactly, uh, indicated mm-hmm. the first-time decision to trust Christ and begin their journey with God. And... Uh, but uh, I don't know why I gave you the number. Well, just, camp. Oh, oh, yeah. But the number of them that we, you know, we talk with them and are involved in the classes, uh, their discipleship level classes for them. And quite often we talk, well, how did you meet God? Uh-huh. How was the uh-huh. way that you came bumped into God mm-hmm. in your life? Mm-hmm. And it's surprising how many times is a camp? Oh, that's uh, neat. 
FCA, you know, Fellowship mm-hmm. of Christian Athletes, Young Youth Life. of Christ, Young mm-hmm. Life, mm-hmm. Uh, Campus Crusade, and others. Mm-hmm. So often, camp. uh, mm-hmm. camp is a special occasion, a special time. They make important decisions mm-hmm. quite often at mm-hmm. these camps. So uh, I'm yeah. glad they had a good time. And with this kind of does relate to our reading for this week. So you are listening to the Bible Live. You have not <laughs> mistaken on some other program. And Listen to my daughter doing a segue. Hey, yeah. Here's their segue. Yeah. Uh, but we, you know, last week we talked, we were so excited about Isaiah, which is understandable. Isaiah is an exciting book. Uh, but we got a little bit of ahead of ourselves, actually. Um, Isaiah, Isaiah's readings are in two different weeks, but we we um, talked about uh, this upcoming, this week's reading last week. And so what we're going to do is talk about the book of Timothy, First and Second Timothy and Philemon this week, and then bring us up to date uh, with Isaiah. And so, but, Tim- but Timothy is all about um, discipleship, teaching. So it's very appropriate that it's coming up right when we're about to start school uh, and then talk about, well, and then I guess sagging, or wrapping up on camps. Um, Will, one of the sweetest things to me uh, about camp, and one of the most important things I think with camp, especially at an overnight camp, are the letters. Uh, so, so I sent Will with some, uh, some letterhead and some stamps and he knows our address and he mailed, he wrote us three letters and sent and mailed oh. us three to, and they're the sweetest. That's that, cool. that was really touching and special to me. But well, uh, he all took, of these, I saw one of them. And the address on the envelope, John. Well done, The address covers the whole front of the envelope. (laughs) It did. I was very impressed with the mail, the the service. Thank you so much, post office. They were they had to work hard to get that letter to us because it was not the most easy. But uh, letters, the importance of letters. uh, First and Second Timothy. These are these letters uh, from Paul. And writing to Timothy and how how sweet and how important um, that is, just the written word. And so we're so grateful uh, for this letter from Paul, from his little camp in prison, <laughs> camp prison, camp. Um, a different type of camp, I guess, experience. Actually, I'm not sure if he's writing from, let's see, where is... Still yes, sleeping in bunk, bunk beds, Yes, though. right. Which probably written, uh, I was looking at it while I go, uh, it was written, uh, it says here... Yes, let's see. Um, let me see, he later endured a second imprisonment. Probably during his final, maybe under uh, house arrest, his final imprisonment during okay. that, uh, his during that. No, wait. The thinking that he wrote it during that third missionary journey. Okay. Uh, fourth. Remember, we said that after he was released from prison a couple of years, and then he was put back in prison under Nero and was executed. Yeah. Well, during that short time, really a couple is, of um, years, okay. they say that Paul did another journey, and that's where the people of Spain think that Paul went to Spain. And it's during that that fourth journey, mm. they think that uh, he wrote this letter to Timothy. Okay. Uh, so the, 
you, you know, you're right to bring that up, Stacey. Mm-hmm. Writing, even even the book of Job. Mm-hmm. Remember when we read Job and he said, oh, that I had a pen that I could write down all of this in a book. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, he did. And the book of Job is a blessing to people worldwide. Mm-hmm. That was our scripture what he this gleaned mm-hmm. about the true and living God. Uh, we are... We are so blessed that God gave us a book. Mm-hmm, he gave mm-hmm. us, he caused people to write, right. inspired by the Holy Spirit. They wrote truthfully about themselves, about the world they lived in, and about what they learned from their walk with God, mm-hmm. about God. Mm-hmm. And sometimes uh, they, uh, it was a truthful letter, it wasn't full of things like everything is sunny and bright and everything beautiful, bed right. of roses. No, there were difficulties and trials and failures mm-hmm. and, and uh, complications. And uh, But they wrote truthfully about how God dealt with them mm-hmm. in their setting, in their time. Mm-hmm. And we can glean so much about God, mm-hmm. about God and His ways as we read the testimonies, the experiences of these men and women. Now, Paul is no different in that we we, we looked at Ephesians, Philippians, uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Uh, then we got to Timothy, and we did, like you said, jumped ahead. We'll, we'll back up. Now, first let's talk about Thessalonians. Okay. We did talk some about Thessalonians. Now, I won't go into depth. Thessalonians is a beautiful book, first and second. But essentially, it can be boiled down to <laughs> Jesus is coming again. First. And that's because the Thessalonian church was undergoing persecution. Mm-hmm. And they asked Paul, what about the... These people, our brothers and sisters in Christ, who who were martyred, who died mm-hmm. before uh, Christ has come, and what will happen to them? So Paul outlined in First Thessalonians the the idea that the dead in Christ will rise first. Then mm-hmm. we and he outlines when Christ returns mm-hmm. uh, how. Uh, we will rise to be with him forever with him. Uh, and then the second Thessalonians, what happened is some of the people in first Thessalonians, they got so encouraged and so excited <laughs> that Jesus is coming Aww. again yes. that they started quitting their jobs and going and waiting on the hillside, waiting <laughs> for Jesus to come back again. And Paul had to write them and say, don't you don't work, you don't eat, <laughs> brother, you brother, keep your job. And uh, so it, essentially, Jesus is coming again, First Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians, don't quit your job and go stand on a hill and wait for him to come. Uh, that's pretty much it exactly, but they're two powerful books, and he loved those people dearly. And uh, they, it was a good practical 
letter to mm -hmm. them about the and we learned something about what the glorious day that day mm -hmm. whenever it happened mm -hmm. i would love to now i'm going to be there one way or the <laughs> other see he comes first with those who have died in christ yeah. and so if i if i'm gone when christ comes back well i'll, I'll be you coming back with him <laughs> mm -hmm. and get to see a uh, a sky view of of the rapture of the no the second coming. Mm -hmm. If I'm still here, we get to get immediately transposed, a new body and glorified body, incorruptible, in and I'll see eye. it from the earth side. Mm -hmm. So we'll, we'll get to see it. But Jesus is coming again. A great, great message. Uh, I don't know, Stacy. Did you want to say something about? Thessalonians or no you know this is a little bit of a, a side so I'm sorry and I'm also we're not by the way <laughs> you probably guessed this already but I we did see that here that there's a, a voice that right before the program that says it's pre the following message has been pre-recorded uh, and we're not quite sure why that's on there but it's not pre-recorded uh, don't we are live and so if you do have any questions or any comments yourself or um, even thoughts of a teacher or a student that you want to just say hello to or a quick prayer but uh, you can call feel free to call in 210-340-9585. We would love to hear from you. Um, any thoughts on the readings this week, Isaiah or Thessalonians or Timothy, Philemon, um, the Psalms or the Proverbs, we'd love to hear you. So Good. 210 this is definitely yeah. not pre-recorded, <laughs> or I wouldn't have said what I said about what has four letters and sometimes <laughs> we would take that back. Are, are you sure? I, I feel like I've heard this before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Deja vu. I seem like I said before. It's like deja vu all over again. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Well, let's look well, at I, But I did have a quick question. Where is Peter in all of Peter and Paul? They are contemporaries. For So mm -hmm. at what um, just because you talking about First Thessalonians, especially giving them the hope of his return, it reminds me so much of First Peter and uh, the yes. reminder and the hope that they have. And I, I'm sure that that's something. I mean, even today, that's a constant. When we go through trials and tribulations, uh, when we take up our cross, when there's persecution, in any way, I mean, that is the Christian's great um, that we we that hope that uh, that living hope, and uh, he. he he will return. He is going to come, and um, and where? So it, it just kind of reminded me, though, of Peter's some of even Peter's verbiage, and of course, just a similar message and a similar writer. Where is Peter, Peter was, during Paul's? Uh, he was hanging out. Peter person, was hanging out person. at the number one uh, meeting place for believers in those days. Yes. He's in jail, jail. somewhere. <laughs> yes, he's in I assume that Peter was. Okay. He's been a long time there. Had they come to get you know the the big uh, the conference that the, the Peter, where Peter and Paul uh, butt heads a little bit? They had that big debate in terms. Yes. Of, oh, that was in. That the, was in uh, shortly after Acts. Somewhere around the conference of uh, the conference in Act fifteen. Right. Okay. The church. I I don't know. I haven't traced. Peter, as closely as I've traced the journeys of Paul, sure. we have them more laid out. Right. 
Um, Peter okay. did write some phenomenal books. We'll, we'll come to them right. at some point in okay. time. Well, I don't want to distract us. I just, mm-hmm. uh, just maybe it's a nice reminder that during this time, Peter, their contemporaries, Peter is yeah, sharing and teaching and writing and being yep. imprisoned. All of the disciples are. I mean, I guess yes. that's no surprise either. We, uh, James and John, and um, but here we are. Okay, so Paul. We focus on Paul really primarily because we have such a uh, long, detailed, specific accounting right. of his journeys right. with uh, in the book of Acts. St. Luke, the Luke of physician, mm-hmm. great historian. So we follow him, and we have his letters to the Corinthian church, to Galatia, to the Ephesian church, and so on. And so we, and he was, there is no doubt about it, Paul was a, an amazing individual, but he was, it's to the praise not of Paul, to the praise of God and Jesus Christ who mm-hmm. chose him. Mm-hmm. Paul clearly did not, it would be true of him, you, you did not choose me, I chose you. Mm-hmm. Because God chose him and appointed him to an amazing physician mm-hmm. to change the world in his, in his lifetime. Mm-hmm. And he did it. And, uh, and it would place in terms uh, of suffering. Remember, Jesus said, you know, he is a, a go out and baptize him. He'll receive his sight again. And he, for I have chosen him for to suffer great things for my name's sake. Mm-hmm. And Paul did that. He'd beaten his several times, left for dead. He was shipwrecked. Mm-hmm. He was, but, uh, and he, he went through all of that for the Savior, for his mm-hmm. Savior. Mm-hmm. And so we rightfully uh, applaud Paul and applaud what God did in through his life. But you're right. It's good to remember the other disciples. It is said that Thomas opened up India, took mm-hmm. the gospel for the first time to the country of India. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Paul got over into Spain and and uh, who was it? Philip, Peter, the, the Ethiopian mm-hmm. eunuch. Mm-hmm. So the the other disciples were out there, and they were out there. Not only them, but and this is where we get to Timothy tonight. We'll talk about it. They they were practicing what Jesus told them to do, making disciples, disciples. Mm-hmm. and so that it not only exploded the gospel, but through people, people right. reading, people reading, people reading, people right. reading, right. people. So not one person trying to, right, not yeah. addition, but multiplication. That's, that's, that's the what, one reach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what Jesus had in mind when he gave the Great Commission, right. go to all the world and make yeah. this disciples. I love the visual of that is that, that uh, Ezekiel, the river, that river of life. Yes. Every time I see or think of God's people going and making disciples and touching lives and bringing life and renewal wherever the river of life flowing through and turning all of those things that were once 
dead and dying into lush and green and living. I'm going um, to uh, tonight. I'm going to offer our leader, our re- listeners. Okay. I want to offer them a job. I want to offer you a job this this week. I have a one month job that I want to offer to our listeners. Okay. And the pay is great. You get to choose between two pay pay uh, patterns. Okay. You know. Oh, but I'll, this is I'll good. offer you a job tonight. Okay. We'll see which one you like best. Stay tuned for that. Um, this is our music, so we're going to go for our first break. We'll be back. I want to hear more about this job. I was on staff in the, at, with Campus Crusade. Suzanne and I were on staff in Albuquerque at the University of New Mexico, and uh, where he studied. And uh, Fernando was a tremendous musician. Somebody told you, right? And some you years later, we went back after we had been overseas. And we were visiting in Albuquerque, and they said, we had this young man, he's a just amazing musician, a classical pianist, pianist and, uh, but he doesn't know what to do with his life, with his talent, and, and wonder if you'd meet with him. So Suzanne and I met with him over lunch, and just had a great, great time of fellowship. He was, I hate to use the word about a guy. He's the sweetest man alive. He, 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 he's kind. just so kind yes. and so gentle. There's a verse here in Timothy that reminds me of him. Oh, really? So it what is it? Want... Oh, just to live a, a quiet, peaceful life. You know, that one that yes, the yes. verse Timothy can live peaceful and quiet lives, marked by God this and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Yes. Not yes. only him, but what, his music. I what think, him was what, what he inspired people to right. be quiet, uh, be know that I am God and that sort of thing. But anyway, he joined. We uh, invited him to join us on staff, and he was on staff with Campus Crusade for probably mm-hmm. 10 years. I remember some Eight of those early years. CDs that, crew, that Campus Crusade put out with yeah. Fernando, and there was some of my and favorite then, worship and albums. And he left, and he mm-hmm. went to recording his own songs mm-hmm. and music. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did a concert with him. Suzanne and I did a concert with him in Spanish at mm. uh, the first 
First Baptist Church here in San Antonio. And he is bilingual. He mm -hmm. does uh, sing and speak in Spanish. And we had a great time with him doing that. Uh, what else? He's still touring. Uh, he's still touring. I think he's painting now as well. I think he did a tour with Paint, him. Painting? Painting, I I'll think, if I, or photography. I mean, you can go to his website and, uh -huh. and see it. But um, that, yeah, What is his website? Well, I think just Fernando Ortega and then whatever comes up on Google first. Fernando Ortega. <laughs> Probably.com. But, but he uh, is a yeah. wonderful musician and yes. a godly man. Yes. Uh, Glad to hear from him. That that's one of my favorite songs too. By the yes. way, I, well, let's uh, let's get on to yeah, it. You're listening Timothy. to the Bible Live, and yes, we're back in uh, uh, to. We're going to talk about Timothy. You have a job offer, I think. Yes, for us. I want going to yes. offer our listeners a job <laughs> for the month of October. Okay. Um, and I'm, but I'm going to, it's a very important job. Now, and I'm going to offer you one of the two pay scales. Okay. The first one is very easy. I'm going to offer to pay you $1 million. Wow. For 31 days' work. Maybe we should just quickly. We're talking about discipleship. And uh, just in case, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, the phone number is 210-340-9585. And don't call in too quickly. <laughs> yeah, are, this is a little bit of an uh, application uh, okay. lesson. Just go ahead. Uh, um, that's your first uh, pay option. I will pay you $1 million for... 31 days of work. I'll give you half a million up front, and then I'll give you the other half million when the month is over, on the day 31. And uh, that's pay sale A. Pay scale okay. A, okay. Now, um, one girl tonight, I talked to a young group of young professionals okay. tonight, and she said, well, I think I'll just take the 500000 and then skip out of town. Oh. <laughs> I don't want to go for a full million. Just but okay, a million dollars for 31 days' work, take the money and run. Now, here is pay scale number two, or B. On October 1st, at the end of the workday, I'll give you one penny, one cent. Okay. On D number two, at the end of the workday, I'm going to give you, I'm going to double that. I'm going to give you two pennies, okay. two You're cents. You're going to double, okay. And the third day, I'm going to double that. I'll give you four cents. Okay. And the fourth day, I get eight cents, 16 cents, 32 cents, 64 You'll cents. You'll keep doubling. Dollar, the, every the day, I'll range. double dollar twenty-eight, two dollars and 56 cents, wow. okay. five dollars, you got it. Wow. So uh, money you're there. getting up into <laughs> big money, five dollars, you know. Ooh. So um, pretty soon you make wow. minimum wage, right? <laughs> well, okay, I'll do that uh, in, in, for, 31 for 31 days. days. Okay. So which pay scale. scale would you like to be on? Okay. Now, uh, I think I'll, well, I know what people are thinking. Thinking, well, it's a trick. Uh, and it is. <laughs> I'm going to choose the one they, the the 
I know he wants me to say the first run, but I'll go for the second one just because. <laughs> and uh, they might be right. They might, might be right. Do might. you want to uh, have? Do you want to call in, or yeah. do we want to make this a call? Well, listen, somebody okay. give them a chance to call okay. in and say, "I want to take a million run." Okay. Uh, I remember I asked you once. It's on the radio, John. Uh, I asked you once which job you would take. Uh, the million dollars or the penny a day and double it every day. And I, if I remember correctly, the first day uh, you picked day. the uh, million dollars. Yes. Yes, yes I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes, you I didn't did. get either one, did you? <laughs> no, I still haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you still well, seen all right. But well, feel free to call 210-340-9585. We'll give you just, a little Just send, it, just send my about. money to, to, to Hawaii to help the, the oh, people Maui. in the, in the oh, fires. Yes. There you go. There we uh, go. We'll do that. Good boy. That's good answer. Good. There you go. Well, we'll leave it out there for just a second. But it is an application on discipleship. Timothy, which I think is the great uh, underlying uh, message of 2 Timothy. Now, Timothy is Paul's uh, protege. He's a young man. He had a Greek father and Jewish mother. Paul led him to faith in Christ and, uh, and discipled him in the faith and taught him and and. Uh, Timothy uh, was sent by Paul, I think, to Ephesus and later on, I believe, to Crete. And he pastored churches that Paul had helped to establish. And and so uh, he was a young disciple of Paul. And uh, we're going to look at the theme of discipleship in this book of uh, Timothy. Now, you may wonder, uh, what is discipleship? And when you come to a, uh, the Bible and someone at a Bible study and by someone asks, what is discipleship? Mm-hmm. Boy, you, are, you will get any number of answers. You will, uh, there doesn't seem to be... A, a real clear, crystal clear answer of what discipleship means and, and what it is. What would you say, Stacey? Um, discipleship, uh, the root word is discipline, so it's mm-hmm. got a little bit to do with discipline. But, and, and I mean, say one other thing it, uh, in the Great Commission. Of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. uh, Matthew chapter 28, 19, and 20. Uh, Jesus said, and go, go into all the world and make disciples. Mm-hmm. Uh, Preaching the good news. Uh, baptizing them mm-hmm. and so on. Mm-hmm. But every verb in the, in the Great Commission, verse 28, mm-hmm. is a participle. And going, in, as you're going into mm-hmm. all the world, mm-hmm. it's really the better translation. The only imperative verb in the Great Commission is make disciples. Mm-hmm. And so we need to get figure out what does that mean. 
and probably at some level had to do with what Jesus did with his disciples. Mm -hmm. uh, and we can learn from that. There's a wonderful book called The, uh, the Training of the Twelve. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an old book, cl classic, The Training of the Twelve. And it's a very good book about the principles that Jesus put in place in calling his disciples and preparing them. Mm -hmm. But uh, what would you think? What What is discipling, and where do we see discipling taking place in the body of Christ today? Seems like I remember uh, either being taught or reading that a, a disciple was some, you are a rabbi with his disciples. A, a rabbi would have his disciples and they were the rabbis, it, almost like an apprenticeship. I mean, you were teaching them to be like the rabbi, to be, to be a, 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 a mini me, I mean, to, to mini me, a mini me. Um, you are making disciples. They are being, becoming like the rabbi. So well, with to, your study in the classics, mm -hmm. didn't uh, Plato have disciples right, and Aristotle, uh, yes, and then Aristotle. they would have people mm -hmm. that studied students. under them, uh -huh. mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Alexander the Great, I believe, was a student of uh, Aristotle, I believe. Isn't that right? All Alexander of was? Uh -huh. Wow, mm -hmm. interesting. Mm -hmm. it was, yeah, the, the Greek, you know, the Greek philosophers, it was... That was the the culture. That was the, yeah, that was a big, yeah, and it was Aristotle, I believe, that was. So a making of a disciple is different from just making a convert. It's not just leading right. someone to faith in right. Christ. And yet it is interesting, and I don't know how deep we want to go on this, but the participle, I mean, the implication, making, baptizing versus make disciples, it is a make disciples is distinct in that it's instant as opposed to making disciples or baptizing. So, I mean, is there something in that as far as, you know, it's, uh, in other words, sanctification is that process, process, whereas make disciples is more like that new nature, that instant changing of the the old has is gone, the new is there. In a way, which in a way takes the pressure off of yes those that are going and that's very good mm -hmm. that you say that because it's not um, a we right. we are never called to do anything that, in the first place, God hasn't already intended to do and is doing. Right. Uh, in a way, we can't make disciples. Right. Because it involves a, the um, transition or the changing of a person's life mm -hmm. and, and God's spirit mm -hmm. is the only power that can do that mm -hmm. and he will change life so uh, whatever making the disciples is in the first place it's lending ourselves to an, uh, an action that God is doing in 
another person's mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. We're going to lend our efforts and ourselves to something God is doing in him. Mm-hmm. But uh, that being said, uh, uh, when it comes down to just what is the work of a disciple maker, mm-hmm. what would you say to that? And if one of our lis- listeners has an idea about what it's like to make a disciple, or maybe you, you've had an experience and someone had poured into your life mm. and and influenced deeply your walk with God that you would say, well, yeah, he discipled me mm. and led me to be uh, a man of God, a woman of God with strength. Uh, would love to hear from him mm-hmm. about that. But what would you say, Daisy? What? Well. How do you disciple someone? Mm-hmm. Is it something you intentionally do, or is it yeah. just kind of something that happens? Well, there's a little of that uh, lesson. Do you you know teach it? Uh, do you give a man a fish or teach a man to fish? Yeah, <laughs> it's a little bit of the well. You and this maybe plays into your job offer opportunity. The two scales. Do you? Uh, uh, yeah. Do you? Do you just? Give him a fish, and he's got one fish, and that for his. Or do you teach him to fish, and then he's got a lifetime of fish? Uh, and maybe there's, a, in terms of mm. discipleship, do you, you know, take him to church once, or do you tell them how they are the church? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Uh, our understanding of the Christian life. It's some of as Americans, mm-hmm. it's pretty. It tied pretty closely to the concept of, of church and community, mm-hmm. um, and that may be correct. Mm-hmm. A right part to it that that would be a part of the discipleship uh, right. process. I'm sure it being part of the body of Christ mm-hmm. to be in their growing and learning and helping mm-hmm. with the body of Christ. Right. But, but it's not a good idea. Right. But that, that the difference between maybe uh, being deci- a, a disciple versus uh, a consumer, somebody that's just uh, would be that, you know, you just go to, you know, you go to church, but a, a disciples one with there's, uh, you you are the church. <laughs> you are not consuming Christianity. You are Christian. You know, um, maybe that yeah. little difference. But we're getting. You know, you said you asked this, or this group was asked, "What is discipleship?" And that you mentioned it's kind of all over the place. There, yeah. I feel like right now we're also. I mean, it could go. We are quite. A, uh, we have a very broad idea, a general idea. Is there of, something? <clears throat> What, well, it, what would it, what did Bill someone, Bryce say? Leading <laughs> someone to Christ, mm-hmm. helping them to know the Lord, have a confident, secure relationship with God, but then also helping them to become stable and strong as a believer mm-hmm. and enabling them to do the same thing with someone else. Right. And that's where we come to Second Timothy. Uh, mm-hmm. Or is it First Timothy? 
Well, both of them, really. Second yeah. Timothy is the real call, though, to Timothy, the, the real passing of the mantle, where they believe that he was writing it um, just before he was going to be killed. Right. Second Timothy, Paul. I think, is chapter 2, mm-hmm. verse 2. It gives us a fairly good idea of, discipleship. of, of the of the job description. Okay. Um, it said, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. And then he said this, you have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now, teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Mm-hmm. So you see the idea of multiplication. Okay. The one reaching another and then him reaching some more and more and more. And and that brings us to the the illustration of the pay scale. You can have a, a growth by addition and that's the idea of I'll pay you a million dollars, five hundred thousand this day and Five hundred dead or a hundred thousand three hundred thousand every day for thirty one days mm-hmm. or something, and you get mm-hmm. but it's a million one person dollars. right it's one person giving a million dollars yeah. now the if you pay somebody of one cent a day and in two cents one and cent four the first cent, day right the first know. day and double it every month, do you have any idea? What it comes to, how much you would make? I I have an idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. More than a million. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That is fascinating. On the 31st day, you will have earned $21 million. Wow. More over $21 million. That's amazing because each. Each each um, cent or each dollar, once you get to, is is creating its own dollar in multiplication. Each one is contributing, yes. as opposed to just one person with yeah. one amount of money. It doesn't it's, seem a, like a lot till you get about to day twenty. Right. And day twenty, it's trying to break into the thousands, right? And then you're tens of thousands. And then you're hundreds of thousands. Right, because on day 30, it was 10 million. Yeah. So, I mean, and on day, uh, you know. 31. No, on on day 29, it was only 5 million. Only, but yeah, Yeah, that's amazing. But it's a simple illustration of the power of multiplication. Right. And that Jesus and, and the Great Commission. That was an, an announcement not only of Jesus' direction to his disciples, but that was, that was an announcement of how his church was going to be built, right, right. of how God was to work right. through the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. through his people. The Holy Spirit is mm-hmm. going to bring mm-hmm. the world to the mm-hmm. knowledge of the Savior mm-hmm. by spiritual multiplication, the whole world. Mm-hmm. And that was God's intent. Now, our what we do is we lend ourselves right. specifically, concretely to that purpose. How do I prepare myself and get ready 
to make disciples uh, in my life. And we can talk about that during our third segment tonight. Sounds great. Uh, so this is yeah, the Bible Live. If you have any questions or comments on that, I think that's just so fascinating. If you're a numbers person, that was a really fun example. <laughs> 21 million. It, it's almost amazing. And I've had people even tonight, I used that with the group this evening. Uh-huh. And one said, have you, I'd like to see that. I have you say. done that math? <laughs> you know? right. And uh, I had to see the paper it. there yeah, with the that. math on uh-huh. it. So what each day would be. True. Well, it also reminds me, you know, what that reminds me of is that um, in Revelation, I think it talks about the day and the hour when the number, it's a very, it, when that number is fulfilled. And we don't know what it is. I have no idea what, why, you know, the Lord hasn't come back. We don't know if the number is a metaphor or if it literally is a certain number that he is waiting for. But you do get this sense of, I think what's fun about that example is it is. It's in those last 10 days that you just see that snowman. You just see. And that reminds me of like the harvest. That's what we have actually seen. Over the last half century, mm, right? over the last yes. 50 years, yeah. the population of the world has, has, has expanded so greatly. Right. But the growth of the church, who had exploded yeah. all around the world, all mm-hmm. the countries of the world, mm-hmm. there are now no more, as I understand it, from some uh, missiologists. I hope I can tell it well. Say it. Messiologist? Missiologist. Missiologist. Study of missions. Oh, missionologist. There are no unreached people oh, groups left. Right. Every group has been reached. And now the objective is that everybody in the world knows somebody is truly following mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Which also is a little bit of, we'll wrap up the book of Timothy as we go into this last segment mm-hmm. too, but that was a part of that is determining false teachers and and yeah. those that are true to the word. Um, but this is the Bible Live, that's our music. We're going to go to a break and we'll be right back. I have come to bring the truth I have I'm telling you why. Jesus is the coming from his throne on high. Many are the weary, the lone and sad. They're going to wish they hadn't done the things they had. Now how you going to feel about when the things he say on that judgment day? I say now. Everybody going to have religion you know and glory. Everybody going to be singing I a story. I say now. Everybody going to have a wonderful time up there. Oh, 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 oh glory, hallelujah. You better get your record of the coming you of the morning. Now. You better get it ready because I'm giving yes, you one. Yes, yes, Everybody going to have a wonderful time up there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's how you Preacher, but you can sing and shout. But what's the use to leaving that we've been redeemed? 
heaven is even better than a miser dream. I think about the trouble you save some soul. Yeah. I tell them what to do to reach the shining goal. Surely you can show them how to find the light and make that whole thing right. You know now everybody's gonna have religion and glory. Very good. Everyone's gonna have religion and glory. Everybody's gonna have a wonderful time. What year is this? What was? Well, I think of her from the 50s. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like. Oh, that's fine. It sounds like Ethel Waters, maybe. Ethel Waters, do you remember her? That name's familiar to me. uh, I remember she was being interviewed by uh, Johnny Carson about the upcoming uh, crusade, evangelistic crusade in New York City. And Johnny Carson was saying, well, Boy, New York's a hard city. There's a lot of people that are very anti-religion and all that. And he would go on on about how the crusade might not not be a success. And I remember Ethel Waters replied to him, Mr. Carson, God don't sponsor no flops. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like the idea, and what a great revival there in New York City. Yes, and this is a great segue into what you were just saying and what we were talking about, making, what is it to make disciples? And uh, real quick, this is the Bible Live. We're back for a third segment. Uh, We've been talking about, um, we've been through 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy and Philemon. We will very briefly um, go into Isaiah, and the next week we're going to pick up and, and finish off Isaiah and Jeremiah. And go and into go Jeremiah. Into Jeremiah. Yeah. But, um, yes, let's talk well, about more. Well, it is good that you mentioned it like that in that context. Um, do you know, this may shed some light on the idea of what's the difference between just evangelism, uh-huh. making converts, okay. and making disciples. What would you say, uh, we all know about the ministry of uh, Dr. Graham, okay. Billy Graham, mm-hmm. uh, all those decades sharing the gospel around the world and so on. I uh, I knew Dr. Graham and a lot. A lot of people knew him, but we worked with him when he came to our city, right. and I worked with his his staff, staff uh-huh. and so on. What do you think would I, I talk to his staff? What do they consider on the Billy Graham team? Mm-hmm. What is the most powerful effect? Of a Billy Graham ministry, let's say on on San Antonio, okay. what's the most powerful impact that it has on our city as a ministry? I think that there was probably a unifying maybe effect that, and I'm not mm-hmm. sure if there's a, maybe I. I guess from the perspective, especially of pastors and of different ministers in a city, I just remember when he was slated to come or his team, uh, fairly, oh, maybe about 10 years ago. And then they decided not he, and then he decided not to, I don't know if, mm-hmm. oh, but, and I know a lot of people were, well, 
I know some were disappointed just because they were looking forward to the city rallying around one kind of a person mm. that would gather. At, and of course, to give glory and to worship Jesus. So it's not the name of Billy Graham. It's the name of Jesus. But it was kind of an excuse around which to right. to come together. To come together. Uh, so and that may be one of yes. the uh, most and it brings powerful, resources. Powerful, mm, powerful, powerful. results. Uh-huh. And uh, and it brings yes, sort of a network of resources. I know I recently read Tim Keller's biography, and or I'm not sure if it's a biography. He didn't write it. It's not an auto. Yes, so it's not. But it's his approved biography, I believe. But he talks about you know, and in, in, in terms of a mega church or church plants and how you know churches can look. At, he doesn't go too deeply into it, but he does say he he definitely thinks there's very much a role still for the mega church, mm-hmm. you know, for those big churches, mm-hmm. um, there's, they can play a role. I think once they get, a, you know, too large, it, it can maybe be complicated and harder to have those community groups and to make the disciples and to have, so you have to really make sure that there's, um, things in place, yeah. organization in place to maintain those, but that a big church like that can do things and can move quickly when it comes to uh, just yeah. service for a city. It, can, it has the resources. It has the big capabilities to do some things that just smaller yeah. cannot. Yeah. Kind well, of a long-winded well, question, but in terms of. Uh, Especially large operations like this, this building hospitals, right? And yes, things right. like that exactly. that they can do together. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> in some of those, um, so I could see maybe. But what did Billy Graham's staff say to that question? Well, uh, you would think what you would said is probably one, and I would have guessed that. Okay, but they said the most far-reaching results actually of a crusade are the hundreds of men and women who are trained to be counselors in the crusade. Right, right. Because you, you, they come, they meet the the people who are making a decision for Christ. Right. They meet them, they minister to them, they pray with them, and then they follow them up afterwards, and they do follow-up Bible study with them, and they help them get their life straightened out and rearranged rearranged with Christ at the center. And that, that they say, is the most far-reaching, long-lasting result of the the 100 or 200 disciples right. that are made, they're trained, they're yes. showed, they receive training, they receive materials and resources that they can use mm-hmm. and they're trained to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're trained first to share the gospel, right. the simple gospel mm-hmm. message with mm-hmm. the people and to give them a, uh, by, uh, usually about eight Bible studies for young believers, mm-hmm. and they're trained to lead them in that a small group or one on one, and so that is a, mm-hmm. a part. Now, discipleship making is something that God does. Right. We got to mention that because it's not something that 
God dependent on us to do it. Uh, he makes disciples. The Holy Spirit draws people and motivates mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. to want to grow and to want to him right. to be a strong influence right. for Him. Right. What we do then lend ourselves to His purposes. Mm -hmm. See what God is doing in another person's life. And, and lend ourselves to help them, to we're, serve yeah, them. We're study buddies. <laughs> I mean, yeah. when, you, when you think, well, as, as far as uh, a disciple, I mean, it's a disciple is being discipled to be like somebody. that, yeah. And ultimately, of course, we're like all Christ. disciples yeah. of, of Christ. And there's no like way. Like Paul we can, said, follow yes. me as I follow Christ. Right, yeah. yes. And so he has to do that work of none of us mm -hmm. can be like him apart from the work of Jesus and the yeah. cross. And so, well, yes. We can lend ourselves, right. led by the Spirit, mm -hmm. to be a part of that transformation, right. transformation in another mm -hmm. person's mm -hmm. life. Yeah. And uh, that is such an exciting thing to do. Now, a lot of discipleship making takes place in the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. As people come to church, they learn, they talk, they have Bible study classes, they learn, they grow, problems are solved, they face the problems uh, uh, with the help of their fellow believers, and they overcome and they grow. So body action, a lot of the disciples, discipleship takes place in the context of the church just being the church um, and that's fine it's it's a slow that's a little slow because I know people have been in church for 25 years and and, and then I meet someone else that's been the one for six months he's off and running and he's already mm -hmm. leading others and so on. And so uh, the difference is, is that, uh, and I'll probably take it to the last point about discipleship, okay. is that if I want to be a discipleship maker, I've got to prepare myself to do several things. One, I have to be able to lead another person to Christ. I I need to be able to share the simple gospel message mm -hmm. with a person, and if they want to receive Christ, help them to do that mm -hmm. and come into mm -hmm. the relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. Secondly, I have to give them the fundamental lessons to help them to to grow. Mm -hmm. That means assurance of their salvation. Mm -hmm. That means um, uh, how to experience their forgiveness, confession right. and cleansing of sin. Mm -hmm. We are forgiven of all our sins when we church Christ, but in order to experience that forgiveness right. in a given relationship or situation, they have to learn how to confess. Mm -hmm. We confess our sins. He is faithful and just. Mm -hmm. They need to learn what that means and how to do it. Mm -hmm. They need to learn about the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. how to, uh, what the Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is, mm -hmm. and what His role is in our life as a believer, and how to uh, walk and consciously 
experiencing the the leadership directorship of the spirit mm -hmm. in our daily life and then uh, you got to learn our spiritual warfare mm -hmm. what are our enemies the right. world the right. flesh the devil mm -hmm. so you get some basic growth lesson the importance of the body, body of christ the body mm -hmm. of life mm -hmm. and being saying touch with people of god and then when you get that and you get those elements together and you give the person resources in each level that mm -hmm. are available mm -hmm. that he can use and mm -hmm. then that person can be off and running right. uh, yeah. i have a, a a young believer now he's been a believer for two months oh, uh -huh. but he's got the hardest heart to grow and <laughs> learn and his wife with him oh. and just want to grow well mm -hmm. i don't have to create in him the desire to go he got right. that all i had to do is mm -hmm. encourage mm -hmm. nurture him guide him give him ministry opportunities mm -hmm. and help him to grow through them right. and then he takes off mm -hmm. it, it's discipleship it's it's really fun <laughs> i would say that uh, that's what i've done for uh 40 or 50 years now mm -hmm. And what's really great at this time of my life is there are a lot of people that I've been a part of their lives and and uh, they're serving the Lord somewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a young student who was at the University of Zaragoza yeah. in Spain okay. when we were there. Yes. And uh, he was one of the students that we... Oh, not uh, Javier. Javier. Javier, and we discipled him. Yes. Well, Javier grew and grew and became a spiritual leader there. Yeah. Today, he's, a, he's an executive vice president of Campus Crusade for Christ in International. And he's the head of all of our ministries in mm -hmm. Western and Eastern Europe. Oh, and so wow, yeah. that's a real delight. It's when your disciple grows and flies higher and further <laughs> than you did. That's really fun to watch. Oh. And uh, but so you get to do that. I get to know now after these years, people uh, come and say, "Wow, you really helped me grow." I just had a lady. This week, one of our staff mm -hmm. uh, here in the city passed away. Jeanette passed mm -hmm. away, a dear yeah. sister in Christ. Mm -hmm. And uh, she used to tell me all the time just to encourage me. She but, said, you know, mm -hmm. I met her, uh, uh, Jeanette, and her husband, Gunny, Bill, uh -huh. as we were training them. Uh -huh. Look at this. With a John Getch, John Guest crusade. Uh -huh. They were being trained to be counselors. Right. And she always told me and to encourage me, Sophie, you were the first one to tell me about the Holy Spirit and how to experience the filling of the Spirit how many years and ago? walk in His power. When was that? That was 35 years oh, ago. That's neat. They 37 years, and then they've been on the staff. For 35 years oh, after that, so making disciples, touching mm -hmm. lives. Mm -hmm. And she just went to be with the Lord mm -hmm. just this last month, July. Mm -hmm. And it, it's such a joy mm -hmm. to think back that you could be a part 
the growth of that person part right. part of the the process that God used in their lives and through their lives to yeah. hundreds and thousands more that they touch. Right, right. And uh so I, I'm I'm dividing up the number numbers <laughs> here. I'm excited. Uh-huh. But just think about the person who I heard the story uh the that there was an evangelist who went to do a church service and and he preached and only one person made a decision, and he would, he would distraught and oh. discourage. But that person one was. person was Billy Graham. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's the joy of disciple-making. Right. It linked people experience mm. their potential mm-hmm. and their strength and, and, and their life through still others, you know. Right. So that's 2 Timothy 2.2. That's the... That's the dynamic behind that wonderful verse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's a verse that I would encourage folk, people to memorize. Right. Mm-hmm. Second Timothy 2 2. Right. The things you've heard from me before faithful witnesses teach you other faithful men who will in turn right. teach others also. Right. I always think, too, I mean, the, the, the teaching, um, and so I always think of Paul's, you know, that you can have an answer for your faith, that you can mm-hmm. have an answer for the things. And I think that's one reason some people are a little bit nervous is because they feel it is up to them to have all of the answers, you know, especially oh, no. in this kind of work. And I, uh, so I think that in conjunction with in one of the sweetest, um, Testimonies. One of the sweetest disciples is the woman at the well to me. I love how simple that is. She runs to the city and she just says, come and meet this man who told me all about myself. That's all she did. She just told her experience with Jesus. And everything that he told. And uh, and it's as simple also as that. I mean, it and and yes, and let the work. And I remember we talked about this on the drive here uh, when I was younger, just because it can be intimidating when it comes to yeah. just sharing your faith or uh and and you you said the pressure's off those Stacy it's not you remember that it's the work of the spirit that he's doing the work he's just invited you to be a part of it and so if you don't it's not as if he's not going to do the work if people aren't going to come to him it just means you're not going to be able to have a part in that you're not going you're missing out on that uh, or he may use you as a part of it but because of your mindset is not looking at it with the intentionality to make you you don't understand and And someday when you're in heaven some fellows are going to some fellows are going to come up to you and say Thank you so much. You helped me come to Christ, come to faith in Jesus. You're going to go, I did? <laughs> what? Uh, and so the point it. is, have your eyes open and uh, yeah. lend the intentionality when you can. Mm-hmm. Point someone to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Pray with someone who's mm-hmm. hurting and needs prayer to board. Mm-hmm. Uh, give mm-hmm. something to help someone you can. The Lord showed you someone you right. can share with, right. and that that can be a first step toward a lasting mm-hmm. influence mm-hmm. on a person's life, or maybe their children's life, or right. another person in their family. Right. But that's a, a discipleship maker 
had his eye open to what God is doing in right. people's lives yes. around him. Yes. And when there's, wait, let me, when you hear a good old story, how does that, don't let it, so is this, that yeah. song, uh, go tell it to your, I mean, that's awesome. That's, you that's at the, your children. Yes, you as you tuck them, them into bed. bed. That's the yes. essence of. Make your, <laughs> make your disciples, your children are your first disciples, yes, right. your husband, your wife, your family, your brother-in-law. Your, right. But that's the essence. I love that song because that's at the heart of mm-hmm. it is. You're you're just you're telling them it's the good news. It's the gospel. Yeah. I mean, in the same way that you would tell somebody, you know, a really good plumber or a really good yeah. mechanic or, oh, this doctor that I went to was wonderful. Well, <laughs> it doesn't get any better. It's all rolled into one. Yeah. Jesus is that mechanic. He's that doctor. Yeah. He's that. <laughs> and we he's, don't have to solve every Problem they have um, the car or the air conditioning, <laughs> and even theological questions. Right. We have to take time to every theological question that we answered. We essentially share the good news uh, in the simple, clear terms. In its simplicity. Mm-hmm. And be and let, ready to have an yeah. answer. Be, be in yeah. the Word. And the, the content of that, it's fairly easy to ascertain. Almost any evangelistic method you will find today had these four elements in it. As a declaration of God's love. Mm-hmm. The person needs to know that God loves him. Right. And then there's a, a, a the declaration of... Well, if God loves me so much, why are people not experiencing God's love? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the problem of sin that interfered and disrupted man's relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Sin and self selfishness is mm-hmm. sin. Mm-hmm. The middle letter of the word sin is I. <laughs> and, and our selfishness keeps us separated from God. But God had made a provision and that his son had come to take our sin away and remove it. And by Pay humbling ourselves and receiving yeah. him, then we can be uh, Made right. restored to that mm-hmm. relationship with God. And that, so you got God's love, the problem of sin, the solution in Jesus, mm-hmm. and then the, the uh, applied solution, it's the decision that you can make. Right. You can re- receive Christ into your life. And become a child of God for forever, receive eternal life, and begin the great adventure for which God created you. So that that's basically the, the format of almost every evangelistic yeah. method that I know of. Well, I love that. I can't. That's a. That's a great way to end a program. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's the four spiritual, the four the spiritual four laws spiritual right there. Laws and, uh, or the Roman road yeah. or almost yeah. any of them contain those four elements. Okay. Well, that is a wrap-up on this Sunday, The Bible Live. We'll come back next week and talk about Isaiah. Hope you have a and wonderful Jeremiah. week. And Jeremiah. Coming up. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218. 
Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The, the Bible, Bible Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world.